We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Crossing route, Gurley makes the catch 20. First down, he hurdles. Far side of the field, stays on his feet. Inside the 10, Todd Gurley making his case for MVP. He throws back shoulder. Higby reaches out and makes an incredible catch for a first down. Off his back foot, he throws to the end zone. Cooper Cup leaping to make the catch. Out of bounds. He has it for six. He's got a knee-high snap. Looking left. Now over the middle. He pump fakes. He rolls to his right with Connor Barwin pursuing. He knocks him down. The ball is thrown up in the air and batted away. Incomplete. The Rams defense clinches it. Goff will come on the field for victory formation. Rams sideline across the field from us erupts in celebration. And so the playoffs are coming back to L.A. This January at the Coliseum. We, not me, versus the NFC. And for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is managing editor Derek Ciapala. Today for the show, we have former Los Angeles Rams quarterback Jim Everett here to talk about Free agency, the moves the Rams have made, the salary cap, how it works, including dead money, you name it, he'll talk about it. He'll talk a little bit about his career. Just catching up with Jim. Jim's always a great guest for us to have on. But before we get to him, we were we want to really quick ask you to head on over to iTunes. We need a five-star review. Just end the contest by leaving that review, the contest for a $50 gift certificate to NFLshop.com. Let us know how you feel about us. Oh, and... 
Also, you can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Android, and Google Play. If you have any questions or concerns, anything you want to leave with us, give us an email at ramstalk1945 at gmail.com or leave a voicemail at 657-666-5453. All right, one more thing. I can't do this interview with Jim without talking to you about the Golden Ram Barbershop. Sal Martinez opened this place up the day the Rams left for St. Louis, kind of his shrine the Rams. He kept it open all these years, kept the lights on. He's got a great place, a, a store, a shop loaded up with everything Rams, newspaper clippings, magazine clippings, oh, geez, jerseys, helmets, you name it, he's got it. He gives you the ultimate barbershop experience, the old school one. We can come in there and talk football day in and day and night. Just make that appointment. Again, it's at 714-894-7267 at 13755 Golden West Street, Westminster, California. At 714-894-7267. Use the promo code RAMSTALK. He's open 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Saturday, and close on Sunday. Again, Give Sal a call at the Golden Ram Barbershop. Without further ado, let's check in with Jim Everett. Okay, welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is managing editor Derek C. Paula. On the phone line with me, Rams quarterback, former Rams quarterback Jim Everett, one of the, uh, geez, he was, until this year, was the most recent L.A. quarterback to take the Rams to the playoffs. Jim, how you doing? Derek, it is always good to be in your house, my friend. So I'm doing great. Thank you. Are your thoughts on the Rams offseason thus far? Oh, my gosh. I think, uh, you know, this Rams offseason would wake Rip, Rip Van Winkle. I mean, I'm telling you, what, there's there's no offseason. This is on-season for, for what we're doing. It's unbelievable. Um, you know, first of all, the Rams are going, you know, they have Tremaine Johnson, who they were – had tagged for two years, you know, a couple of years on, on the franchise tag. They ended up coming, bringing three, three new defensive backs in for the price of one. It's just been amazing. I mean, it's, um, I mean, you got Marcus Peters coming in from Kansas City. You got, uh, 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 Talib, um, Akib Talib coming from Denver. And by the way, his name, I think is, you could say it the same way, either forward or backwards. But, He's a tremendous defensive back from from Denver. And then, you know, the possibility of Sam Shields, you know, they signed him to kind of a fire contract. He's one of the best defensive backs in the in the in the whole NFL for quite some time uh, before he had his concussion problem. So I mean I, I just can't believe the moves that they're making and the and the amount of movement that's happening in the league um at really lower draft picks. Um which is really speaking to the value of what the value of the higher draft picks are right now because it's um you know it's important to have young rookie talent in um and then you know teams shred uh themselves of these other contracts is uh forcing you know teams to make moves that maybe they wouldn't make if they didn't have free agency or salary cap moves. So yeah, it's quite interesting, Derek, that this off season, but we've definitely acquired the LAPD for sure, the Los Angeles you know, um, pass defense for sure. Oh my gosh, we see Sergio Show Times throwing it up there and actually actually have a contest for the best uh, graphic designer for that guy. I chuckle out of that. Now, I guess you're yeah. kind of you're an economics guy though. You are a numbers guy, and a couple of things though that kind of make me wonder. 
in past years, the NFL as a whole has not been real big on trades. The Rams have already had four trades. They've moved dead money around. They've taken a little bit of dead money. Um, the Browns made some serious moves. They've made four trades now. Other teams are making moves through the trade market. What does this say about the NFL, with the salary cap, and the dead money game now? Well, first of all, I mean, for the folks out there that don't understand what the dead money is, you know, in my life, there's no thing as dead money. All money is good. But dead money is, you know, the salary cap money that, that the teams have to carry forward or have to count against the salary cap. So it's a, it's kind of a, a money that's, uh, you know, it's on the books type, uh, type of counting. That counts against the salary cap for a player that has to leave or what have you. So, you know, that's just kind of a, an accounting um, nightmare. I think Denver's kind of facing that. And some other teams that have to, get, you know, when they do get rid of players and they do have this dead money thing, that it counts against the cap for this year. Um, so quickly, I guess if I could try to describe this in, in NFL economics is that if you had a contract of $10 million and the signing bonus was, say, uh, $10 million for five years, whatever, those numbers are more like what I would understand, That's that would be $2 million spread out over five years. And if you cut the guy, those $2 million goes against the cap. So with all that going on, you know, teams are having to be caponomic friendly and do all these different moves to try to help them get the most talent for that year. I don't know if that makes any sense to Derek, uh, but it's it's really made the game, um, you know, kind of out of the box. And sometimes a normal fan won't understand what the dead money is. Now, coming into this offseason, you know, the Rams really had a low dead money number, and I think it gave them some flexibility. They, they actually, when they cut, sorry, when they traded Alec Ogletree, that's where they took some some dead money on. Are they able to, because they managed to keep their dead money low, how much flexibility does that keep a team when they want to make moves overall? Well, you have a certain amount of money that you have. You have you, I think the dollar cap is somewhere, I think, with $177 million. And those that's the money that you get to spend. And again, I'm not an NFL cap economic expert. But when you have a contract and you have the dead money, that counts against – you have to count that against 177. And if you got too much dead money, meaning players that were with you or you had cut or you had – and you have to, that just gives less of a pool for the guys you have on your current roster. It's still a magical number, but it counts when you have to go, you know, to the almighty Roger Goodell and speak to him about what the numbers are. No, believe it or not, those numbers have increased quite a bit over uh, 177 million. Nothing to sneeze at. It's been going up about 10 million a year. Um, but it's quite interesting to answer your question: How much you carry forward? I know each team has amount that they they can't use against the rot or they have to use against the roster. And I don't want to try to be too confusing on this whole thing, but the fact that you have capped salary available does make will make you a player in the free agency. If you have too much dead cap and not enough, you know, open cap, you can't go get your guys. But there's they're really doing a good job. But if you're a high-paid player, 
you could be a cap casualty, not because of your ability on the field, but because of your contract. And that's what's happening to Dominicus and Sue down in Miami. Good player. Tough contract to eat $19.1 million a year and not affect your teammates. And that's probably what the Aaron Donald situation looks like, is that, you know, when you start paying guys $20 million a year and your salary cap is 177.2, you know, you can only have, you know, max, do the math, you only have eight of those, 8.5 of those players. I mean, that's almost 20% of your payroll right there. Well, that's that. One of the reasons why people don't really talk about and they want to really bag on Tom Brady, but he has been a cap-friendly guy. Um, but then I guess everyone should be married to um, <laughs> to a billionaire model. But you know, he's been he's been making between eleven and fourteen million a year, and you know he could have easily been making twenty-five. But his numbers good. He's a, he's a cap-friendly. It's a way he can you know keep Gronk and all these guys signed. But when you start getting twenty million dollar a year players like, you know, um, golf probably will be. Gurley would, you know, have a tough chance to be up there. You got, you know, Tremaine Johnson who was making sixteen. You got, you get all these players that that you don't have eight of you, and no one else has any money. So, I actually posted something about each position. If you had a cap, if you had twenty four players, meaning eleven offense, eleven defense, and two special teams. And in an all French tag, your payroll would be close to three hundred sixty million. So you, you can't have and no backup. So you can't have again. I don't want to go above every, every, our discussion about football, but it's just it's just tough. You can have a handful of guys, but then you really need some rookie pool guys. Now, what I mean by rookie pool guys is let's take Jared Goff right now. He signed a $25 million a year, uh, $25 million contract, which as a rookie, he's making $5 million a year, let's say. Well, that's a pretty friendly cap number. But, you know, you know that Kirk Cousins is going to come out and probably make, what, $27 million from the Vikings? $29? Close to it, yeah. Big, big difference. Big difference. So... The question now becomes, and I, I, there's, I definitely want to get into all the moves the Rams made, but you're bringing up some some questions here. Now you mentioned Tom Brady, 11 to 14 million a year. Uh, we've seen what happens, how the effect of Sue's con uh, Sue's contract has had on the Dolphins, also Joe Flacco's contract with the Ravens. Mm-hmm. And so, why don't NFL players why why is it seen that they mostly go for the dollar bill when there are championships on the line? I'm thinking of Aaron Donald right now and yeah, I I don't blame him for wanting to make twenty million dollars a year. I don't I wouldn't blame him at all. But mm-hmm. is there at least a thought in his head, or should there be a thought in his head or any player's head about the about winning? Because you don't just play the sport for money, right? You play also because you want to win your competitors. Absolutely. And your second contract, you usually that's where you make most of your money. That's always it's been that way since Rage V um, back in even back in my day. It's your second contract, it's where you made your money. So I, I totally understand that. It's not until you get to your third contract or, or or at the end of your second, and that's where you see guys like Tlaib or even uh, Michael Bennett from Seattle. Where's Where's Michael Bennett go? 
Oh, I'll just join the Eagles, right? Yeah, he has a trade Because <laughs> I want a Super Bowl ring, because that's important to him. You know, they're going to pay me a lot less? Okay, great. Fine. Look at um, Long is a good example. Uh, who was with um, you know, with the Rams, who went to got a ring at the Patriots, played for the Eagles last year, donated his entire salary to charity. Um, you know, and with the Super Bowl ring. So it's not until I think the financially successful realize that you know money doesn't bring you everything. I think I think money's nice. Don't get me wrong, but we all need it. But I think at some point you're like, you know, what I really want is a legacy. And I think when that hits, and that's what I think Tlaib is looking at, and so that's like, get me to a winner, because that's important. And then I think at that point, they're like, okay, I understand. I could take a few million less and still be okay. And I know I, I write about that. I know the guy out there that's making 50, 60, 70, 100,000 a year won't get that. I, I understand that. I get it. But it's entertainment. But at some point, the ring has value. I mean, I played 12 years. Don't have a ring. Wish I would. I don't know. Some guys have played one year and have a ring. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a it's a funny world we live in, but it's a it's a good one. Gosh darn it! Now you mentioned the the third contract. So this would be Aaron Donald's second contract. The belief is he's going to get around twenty million dollars, or should his market value is just around there. If you're him, are you willing to take a little bit less to make sure you keep this defense together as long as possible? Or if you, you've been there, you've you've had your first and second contracts, you've yeah. been on the winning uh, franchise. Oh, you're, 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 and that's okay. This speaks right to, and, and I'll just come right out and say because I know you're going to make this You know, he's he's a player who's played in Buffalo, gone through his contract. Um, not saying that he's hit his major contract because he's still so young. No, but the fact that he's on a fabulous offensive team—he's on—he's got a good quarterback. He's in a good system. He has been in Buffalo that that wasn't the system that showcased him. Um, but it would be a chance to win a Super Bowl for him to say, "Okay, I'm going to pack my bags and I'll." I'll go play for Baltimore, for example, or some other system. I, I don't see that happening. I mean, I see it could happen for him, but I'm just saying, if he was a more experienced Sammy, he would say, "I ain't going anywhere. I'll take, I'll take a little bit, you know, what they call home down, hometown discount, whatever that number is. It won't be, it won't be a chump change. Trust me. Um, and I want to be here because I want to be successful." And I think you're going to see that with teams. You know, guy, you saw that with guys with the Patriots for years. Why is Amendola still rolling? You know, he wants to be on the championship team. Why did? Why let's go back to a player that I know and and uh, bless his soul is is Junior Seau. Why did he keep signing with the Patriots? Well, I mean, he wanted to keep playing. He wanted a chance at the championship after all those great years in San Diego. Um, you know, that's just kind of how it goes. But you have to get to a point in your career to crave that. And it's hard to describe on this phone, Derek, but it's it's you see it as a as an ex player, and you know they're going to get there. But you you know try to give them a little heads up. But sometimes it registers, and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, he posted on Twitter today something about you know that, that implied he can't wait for 
for free agency. And I get that. I get that, you know, when you've had that first contract and you've basically been under somebody else's control the entire time, now you have a choice. You can go somewhere, you can choose to leave, you can choose to stay. I can totally excite, be, I can totally understand why a player would be excited to sure. hit free agency. And you get right. a chance to I make mean, mad it's, money. It's almost like, I mean, in a way, is, you know, you get drafted out of college. You pick your college, which is kind of a fun thing. But then from there, your your future's kind of at the mercy of whoever sticks you. And I'm not saying that's right, wrong, or different. That's just the system. So, you know, a player could be from Southern California and have to go, you know, live in Buffalo or Green Bay or whatever, not by their choice, um, but by that's what they do. So the chance you do have free agency, not only one do you maybe get to pick the area you want to be at, which kind of makes Richard Sherman – coming back to be able to play for San Francisco near where he played college at Stanford makes perfect sense to me. Like he had a chance to pick that and, you know, maybe the contract's not the best contract or higher than this or more personal guarantees. Everyone will want to rip on that. Maybe Richard wants to be in that area because it's cool for him. He likes the, likes the mojo. He makes that choice. So when people when a guy has a chance for free agency, he gets to weigh everything and value what's important to him. And so, if winning is one of them, then you know the programs that are on the upswing, and you know the you know. I mean, if you're maybe a free agent wide receiver, do you know if Andrew Luck's arms even going to be good enough to throw to you, or you maybe get someone else thrown at you? And Dante Moncrief right now—that's what he has to think about. Yeah. So I mean, if you're a big free agent. You know, you 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 know, if you you're gonna go to Miami and you know who's throwing to you, so it makes a difference. And that's the confusing thing with Watkins right now. Sammy Watkins comes in in training camp last year, never really actually gets time to fully build a bond with Jared Goff. It would be almost a shame to see him go now when you know you have a whole off season with him to build that bond. And I know what Sammy Watkins can do. He could be an elite number one receiver in this league. You can see it on film. So it'd be a shame to see him go. Well, you know, the thing is, is if he goes, and you know, it may be to a team like the 49ers, which would make not only a shame to go, but, you know, make you <laughs> squint your eyes twice a year <laughs> as a Ram fan. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying it, it would be, you know, so critical to his career and he's probably smart to, you know, see, you know, even open up the door to who loves him. You know, I mean, he might need that as a person. No one can tell if he if he does. But, you know, I just hope the Rams are patient enough to know to say, you know, this is what we can do because it's our limitations and because we're going to be damn good. I mean, a lot of people can't say they have a secondary on the defense or Aaron Donald or, you know, a golf and the girly. A lot of – and living in L.A. with the buzz, with – all the new things that are going to be going on here. A lot of teams can't say that. And it's different. Yeah. They can't. No, they can't. So it's something that sells itself, but winning sells itself. So it'll be kind of interesting to see, you know, which free agents want to do what once that window opens on, what is it, the 14th or 15th? The 14th. 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 Yeah, it's crazy all this stuff that goes on. And, you know, on the fourth, all the stuff that's been going on now is all verbal commitments, which is kind of amazing. So, I mean, yeah, and, and, <laughs> and so now the, the question kind of goes to this. 
And, and speaking of the Rams, they a couple of players right now they could potentially release and cut or trade. Uh, they have mm-hmm. 36 million, about 36 million in cap space. Sammy Watkins is still out there. He is about to hit free agency. They have needs mm-hmm. at the linebacker position. They need to re-sign a center or draft a center. Where do you see them going right now? I mean, is, they still could up to have up to about 46 million in cap space. Well, I mean, I, I don't know if I have a fortune. I mean, gosh, is there anybody that could have a crystal ball with these Los Angeles Rams? Good luck to you. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Okay. <laughs> so if this is complete guesswork, what the heck they're going to do? Uh, but I think that at some point, I think he hit it on offense. You know, is, is Reynolds ready to go? If he is, then Sammy can walk. If Reynolds is ready to play, then – and, you know, you've got him on a rookie deal. I'm talking about Josh Reynolds, who's got good talent. I like him. Um, you know, but that's a, that's a big change, you know, like, but I think it's a good fall patch. Um, and then if you do, if Sammy does walk, I think you, you prioritize and prioritize another receiver in the draft. I think you hit it on the hell on the offense. I think you need a guy that can play center and guard, a, a young guy. Maybe they have him already. I think, um, I think Stolen's always an opportunity, but where are you going to be cap space-wise? And he's a, he's a good leader. I'd love to have him back, and I think that'll work something out in that center position. Um, on the other side of the ball, I think what Wade's doing, especially with, with the trades of Quinn and Tree, is that you know he's basically saying, all right, we need a good five technique that can hold up against the run, so they're going to have to go find one either on the open market or in the draft. Um they need to, you know, revamp some of the inside linebacker positions. I think we have guys that can fill some positions, but I think there's a need for what I would call as a Sam Mills type, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit bigger. If someone to fill the inside that can, you know, be a run stop stopper. I think if you look at the anything that the Rams had last year, Achilles heel was they got gashed on the run a little bit too easy, and so. I think they're saying, okay, hey, we need some more more beef up front, maybe a nose tackle, maybe a five technique. We need an edge, an inside linebacker. So that's pretty important stuff um, that I think they're looking at. Because I like our, I like our defensive backs. I mean, heck, I already like Hill, who's already back there anyways. You now he gets bumped down the food ladder. You know, <laughs> he's lower on the food chain, but he's pretty talented. Yeah, they might have the best secondary in the league right now. He's starting. The starting corners and their two safeties. Well, on paper for sure, right? I mean, you got a each year's the new year and the whole deal. You don't know about injuries, you don't know about age, you don't know, you know. Um, but gosh, going on paper, and if Sam Shields can play any bit and stay healthy, and, and you know what, I certainly hope he does because that whole head thing's tough. It's a tough deal that's going on. If he can hold up, it'll be a freaking steal. Unbelievable if he does. And they would put him in the slot, too, of all places. Well, of course they will. I mean, but don't you think that puts a little pressure on on the guys they're in contract with? Sure. And, but what I'm thinking, too, is it's also a way to protect him. You know, if you're in the slot, you're not playing a full game on, on, on either outside corner. You have the ability to take a break. You're not going to be in there in the nickel at, you know, at every position, every, sorry, every play. So this right. will give him a, t- a chance to protect his head help prevent further injury and be a chance for him to rejuvenate a career here. I think it's a great move by the Rams. 
I think it's I think it's good on one on one factor is that if you get to and, and of course he can even step in and and come in if somebody needs a breather on the outside. So yeah, I do think that it lowers his snap count, which I think is smart. I do know that in the slot, if you've got the bubble screens and some of the things doing on offense, you're closer to the big hits from the offensive lineman. So as much as I'd like to agree with you that it would keep him out of danger, anytime you get closer to a 300-pound missile, you're in danger. <laughs> I'm just thinking about the fact he's going to have fewer snaps. You know, I, you know, I'm well aware of what can happen on a bubble screen, but it's just I'm sitting there thinking, you know, the odds are still better. If you're, if you're, if your starting corners are playing, what, yeah. 50, 60 snaps a game and you're playing 25, you know, sure. that, that's at least helps mitigate the possibility of injury. And, you know, it's hard to, these days. We're seeing guys going down left and right to concussions. And I'm happy to see Sam Shields, who's a great guy, come back into the league and take a shot at it and, and, I just, you know, there's that – I taught psychology a couple of years ago, and, and we actually watched, you know, the movie Concussion, which I know the NFL has a problem with. We're not going to go into that here. It's just that, the, you know, the CTE mm-hmm. thing is still in the back of anybody's mind. You don't want to see these guys getting, you know, down the line, getting sick and and having things go bad for them. No, you don't want to see anything bad like that. But, but also understand in our league – it's in the NFL, it's survival of fittest, and every any offensive coordinator. I mean, what's the first thing you do when you see a defensive back leave the game? They bring in the young defensive back, and the first thing they do is the offensive coordinator goes right at them. I mean, it's just it's just what you do. I mean, you go test it. That's the but that's the weak link. Let's go there because that's what you're always looking for. So you know, I'm just a little bit concerned of it. if we do get into in Sam Shields in game, there's going to be a point where they're going to test them versus the run. And it's just going to be a natural evolution, but they're going to see if he, if he hesitates and he'll see a huge dose of run right out. So with that in mind, do you think the Rams, you know, make sure they get back Mikhail Roby Coleman or they have Troy Hill as a restricted free agent? Huh? Well, they have Troy Hill as a restricted free agent, and then there's Nikhil Roby Coleman out there as a as a full free agent. Do you think they make sure they bring back one or both of those guys? Well, I think they do, and they they probably bring in some young talent. They've got some good young guys that I liked anyways. Um, I thought the depth of the defensive backs last year, when I was in camp the whole time, was was fabulous. I mean, they really, they weren't household names, but it was competitive as heck. So they've got some good young talent that they're. But they, you know, it's not the it's not the league leaders yet. They're not the Tigers, but they've got some guys I think they can trust in um, Hatfield, some other guys that uh, that'll be around that'll that'll push. That. I, I I like these 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 young talented guys. Yeah, they can't forget Kyle so, Webster. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what what you know with the free agents and who they sign. Um, I don't see them making a huge splash, but then again, gosh darn, I never saw the moves that they made right now. So it's been interesting. I think so, Derek. You should. You do have a career in the NFL, by the way. I might tell you. You know the Philadelphia Eagles. If they ever need a linebacker, I think you could just fill right in behind those four beasts that they have over there. Oh, good gosh, <laughs> that's just crazy. The uh, now you you said that you don't you're not expecting too many splashy moves here. The linebackers, though, you mentioned them. There are a couple out there that are that are run stoppers, and but we just saw Alec Ogletree go. We saw Robert Quinn go. 
Some of it, I'm sure, is money related. In the end, was it really that it just couldn't adapt to 3-4, or was it just purely money related? Well, it's, Derek, it's never black or white. There's some gray in that. But I'm sure when you're talking about guys that are making, you know, Trey Quinn making 10 and 12 million annually, yeah, it's money related. Especially, you know, these guys were they're a little bit lighter than, than maybe you would want in a 3-4 scheme. Um, no, no doubt they have speed. No doubt they have ability. No doubt they were great leaders and, and franchise, face of franchise. And, you know, um, I mean, there's nothing about them personally, I think, that is involved in this whole thing. It's just the fact that, okay, I've got a big contract. Okay, I might not fit the scheme exactly like Wade likes. Um, so you're going to find a guy that, that is that, you know, position. And that's, that's been going on since years. When new head coach comes in, it's they like to have their guys. First of all, they will pick the coaches. Then all of a sudden, then they'll go and find the guy. I mean, let's be frank about it. back in the day, I was not Chuck Knox's guy. I knew it from the fact the first day he was in there. And while you know we coexisted for almost two years, it was it was painful. And, and it just that coaches have their guys; they know what they want. And I think it happens in industry as well. You see a takeover of some company from another company, they're not going to keep the other people's accountants and the other people's HR. They're going to transition them into their own, the ones that they're comfortable with. And it's not any different than in the NFL. Well, in fairness, though, I don't think anybody was going to be Chuck Knox's guy unless it was like Dieter Brock, to be honest. <laughs> like, like <laughs> Chuck Knox doesn't like the forward pass, so <laughs> I don't think he likes quarterbacks. I mean, <laughs> I mean, by 1992, 93, 94, I mean, his he, he was behind the times. I'm just saying. I just, man, oh, my gosh. Uh, I don't even want to go into that. God bless him. I, you know, I respect anybody I've ever played for. It's a tough business, this and that. But there's sometimes when you say, you know, moving on is good. And that's what, you know, I, I do would like to say is that sometimes change can be good, mm-hmm. either for the Rams or for the other team, too. So let's take Ogletree, who is just a fantastic human being. Maybe this change is exactly what's needed for him to take it even to another level. You know, uh, so... I don't see this as a bad thing. And I can, ex- I can tell you from first-hand experience that change can be good. And that embracing it is okay. And there's things in life that, you know, I mean, gosh, darn it, if we're here 80, 90 years, we're, we're on the plus side, and that, you know, things changed quite a bit during those times. Now, so, by the way, yeah. I'm, by the way, just for the record, for those who are listening, I'm not bad mouthing Chuck Knox. I'm simply saying that by the time the Rams were in his hands in 1992, he was behind the times. 1970s did a great job for the Rams, even for the Seahawks. Just, yeah, just want to point but that when, out. You know? But Derek, when he brought back the chalkboard, I mean, we were already on whiteboards and other. But when he brought back the simple chalkboard, that just threw me for a loop. It would throw anybody for a loop. It's like, you know, it'd be almost like you're going back to the, the old uh, reels for film now. 
or it, dial telephone. Yeah, yeah, we all have iPads now, and so on and so forth. This is just go ahead and pull out the old film reel. <laughs> so. Oh, uh, I'm sorry, we had to do that too. Oh. No. Jeez, Eric, I'm Gosh, come on. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to let you go here. I just have one more question for you. If you are a quarterback right now yep. and you see this defensive line up front, Aaron Donald, Michael Brockers, and you see that secondary, and let's just say, you know, if you're, if you're thinking about them heading into the season, we're not even in the offseason yet, what are you thinking as an opposing quarterback? About the Rams. What, what, what was that? What was what's going through the head of the other quarterback? Yes. Well, I better have one heck of a tight end combo game with my with my running back. See, they've got they've got eleven guys, and they want to rush four at me. And I know they're Aaron Donald, Brockers coming. We still need to sell out the other two. I still got the seven back there, and I know my outside guy is going to be covered like a freaking tight, you know, skin tight blanket. Um, you, you, you know, you, you got to find your – if two outside guys are getting eaten up, you got to start working tight ends, looking for tight end combinations against who knows what linebackers. Or, you know, maybe it's going to be against, um, you know, the safeties. So at one point, you you got to pick your poison. Maybe you're running, but you've basically got five outlets. And if you're, if, you're, if I'm going against Salib and Peters, I'm like, okay, it's almost like Deion Sanders, like erase that guy. <laughs> Who are my other guys? <laughs> and that's what you're looking for. I mean, when you say, hey, I got a big number one cornerback, well, let's basically tell them the quarterback and say, okay, like, erase that guy. Richard Sherman used to be that guy. Deion Sanders was that guy. Because you go that way, it just, you know, you don't get a lot of completions. Maybe get a turnover. You may, I mean, just bad things happen. Um, so you go pick on the other guy. And, and I don't know who the other guy is here, except for I guess I go down to food chain mm-hmm. and see, like, well, maybe that's the, where my whoever's covering my tight ends or who's ever covering my fullback. If I have to play one of those, that's kind of old school. But, um, or my halfback. Let me try to get those matchups going too. Um, I don't think you can make a living doing that. It's going to be very difficult. Um, very, very difficult. But as any secondary will say, you still need pressure. You know, I want to say that name, Los Angeles. Pass, pass defense. Well, it's still Los Angeles pressure defense. You still need to get the pressure so that defensive back can make jumps and make the picks and continue leading. So I think that's the key point that we want to throw me in. Right now, our free agency in our draft, we're going to have to create some sort of outside edge pressure and who those guys are along with inside linebackers. And I think that's the most important thing going for this Rams defense. And there are several guys out there. There's not as many edge rushers out there in free agency, but there are some in the draft. Just a question of whether or not they'll be there when the Rams pick at 23. Well, it might be not at 23. I mean, you're going to be looking for a depth guy. I remember this. I remember when the Rams drafted one time, and I don't even remember who picked some guy in the third round, and uh, and they picked Fred Stokes in, in the 12th round. And I remember coming coming to 12th. That's back when they had a bunch of. Mm-hmm. bunch of draft rounds. Well, I came to practice one time. I looked out and go, God, Lee, third round pick looks good. Well, it wasn't. A, it was it was Fred Stokes. I was looking at, or and he ended up having a pretty decent year. Put some sacks. Played for Washington. Played for Rams and played for Washington. Did pretty good. So there's talent out there, Derek. 
wouldn't say that, you know, because we have five, six round picks. <laughs> I think it's six now. You know, <laughs> if we can hit five Freddie Stokes, we're good. <laughs> you no, know, I'm just saying there, there's there's some talented guys that might have, you know, might not do this, might not do that great, might not do this. But if they can find their niche, which each team has, and it, it might be on the edge or might be special teams, it's just it's just tough, you know, leaning on that rookie to contribute like yeah. like, like you need. And uh, I think that will be somewhat of a, you know, some question mark. That would be the question mark around defenses. Can it create a pass rush defense? And we saw last year that when they created a pass rush, they looked great. And then there were times when they didn't have that pass rush and they were they had the major, major issues. So, right. yeah, I mean, it was – it was weird because the Rams still had a very high ranked pass defense, sorry, pass rush. But mm-hmm. what many people don't realize is that mo- a lot of that happened in spurts. They went through a lot of dead time where they struggled to get the pass rush in. Yeah, they did. And, and the other part they struggled in, and which I think Wade Phelps is absolutely you know, adamant about, is they were just getting gashed in the run too much. They really were. And so I think they're just looking for a little bit more of a step five technique and the inside linebacker who can, you know, as, as fast as Ogletree is, and only, he's not as big as some of the guys out there. And uh, and I, I think Tree at some point in time, and if Lyle goes to is a natural more of a outside linebacker. I really do. I think I think you might see the Dodgers even play him on the outside in the 4-3 in the scheme. I think they're moving to a 3-4, but they want to move to more of a two-gap. I think I was reading upon that. But I well, was... Well, whatever it might be, but I think that he, you know, I think that you know, for him, he excels with speed and being able to, you know, use one shoulder rather than use both shoulders is different. And I think he had to adjust when Jeff Fisher moved it inside. Yeah. Um, but I think he's more naturally outside. From all I can see, and who knows? Who knows? I'm a bull retired guy. What do I know? Well, no, I agree with you. I believe, you know, <laughs> we just had that conversation before he was traded that we felt he, you know, he would probably be better off on the outside. But then the only problem with him on the outside is he does struggle to shed some blocks. So we're thinking, even though he's better on the outside, you know, we can understand why the team moved him because what they were trying to do just wasn't agree with you. Totally agree with you. He should, you know, he should have been in the outside. It's, it's regretful that they had to move him inside. Yeah. And so and I think that when Phillips is looking at his type of defense, what he wants to run, you know, you know he, he knows, oh, I think we saw a little bit last year. Um, when, oh, gosh, darn it. Um, the other linebacker went down. Um, but anyways, you know, I think you see some of the other down was, too. Yeah, Connor went down, but uh, the other inside linebacker, the converted safety. But, Mark I mean, Barron. We're, we're, Barron. You know, I mean, really, you're looking at a defense that was playing with kind of a hybrid middle linebacker, more, more of an outside talent. We just talked about that. And Barron, which was a converted safety. And I think, you know, when you're talking about you need run stoppers, you need guys who can, you know, wreck trains in the middle. That's a different different person than converted safety to converted outside. And I think that's the mentality, if I could talk to our fans, that Wade's looking for. So. It's becoming train clear now, right? Train wreckers in the middle. And there's a couple <laughs> out there. There's a guy from Tennessee, Avery Williamson, was a fifth-round draft pick in 2014. Not a good in coverage. Really good run defense. I mean, that's that's a guy that I think is is after the Rams may target. May. Who knows? But, mm-hmm. but just understand what 
see all the RPO stuff that they're doing, run, run or pass, mm-hmm. is going against that guy. Right? And I'll say it straight up. It, is to Can I fake a run to get that run-heavy personality guy to commit so then I can just think the ball right behind him? So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that that's – I mean, if he's, if he's great, Tennessee will keep him. But they might, they might have their own issues going on. But, you know, it will be somebody like that that can step in and be maybe first, second down player, but understand the RPO system will be shooting just at those type of guys. So you can't, you can't be, continue to be successful in this league if you're just so one-dimensional. I don't care where that fits on every side of the ball. You know, the linebacker play, quarterback play, running back play, if you're one-dimensional on any side of the ball, it's just too easy to get taken advantage of. And that's that's the name of the game now. They need more and more, you know, more and more players for athletics who can play both mm-hmm. ways. Mm-hmm. Three down guys. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the well, days of the specials are over. They need more multi-purpose guys like Derek, just like Oh, you, geez, you no. Do it all. You know, <laughs> good gosh, no. <laughs> no. I, you know, I, 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 uh, I'm just a short, fat Italian kid, man. <laughs> hey, there's something about that, though. I mean, you're a noodle goblin guy, so what the heck? There's nothing wrong with that. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Derek Cash, it's always so good to be on. I, I just I love being on, and I think you do a good job. And I can't wait for the next time, and hopefully we're talking about who fills in at all these positions. So hopefully you'll call me back. If you don't run me out of here, I'll, uh, I'd be happy to, to come well, on and, and Gab about the whole thing again. It's funny you said it because I was just about to ask you to come back around around draft time. All right, let's go. Let's just come. Let's, let's maybe maybe right after so we can see what we pick because right now it, it, it's you know total crystal ball. But I think you kind of hit inside linebacker, center, or guard type. Um, you know maybe a defensive end type that's a little bit heavier. I think we'll be talking about those types when we come right. back. All right, so. Again, everybody, this is Jim Everett. Follow him on Twitter, by the way, folks. Jim, real quick, and people get your Twitter handle because you are heavily, very insightful on Twitter, and people need to be following you. Oh, thank you so much, Derek. I'm at Jim underscore, which is that little underline, whatever that thing, Everett. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and trust me, just take it, take what I put out there with a little grain of salt, folks. Because Twitter is, I have a little bit of fun with it. And, uh, you know, don't take me too serious. This is something I, I, I like to do for a little bit. So, <laughs> Derek, not as much as you, though, brother. You are just the cagey guy out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 Thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Everybody, Jim Everett, thank you. Thanks. All right, that's a great interview tonight we have with Jim Everett. We'll be back here pretty much any day now. We we normally have a Tuesday or Thursday publishing schedule but with free agency this week, with news breaking, you can expect us at any time to drop a podcast on you. We're not. We're going to stay on this. We're going to cover this right. So here's looking. You, you may see us on the air every night this week for all we know. That's just how things are when it comes to free agency week. So for, for the rest of the Rams Talk staff, this is Derek C. Apollo. We'll see you maybe tomorrow. Peace.
NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the make. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. The in-dash OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. reported three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.